Hey y'all, we're tuning in for another episode of Bank That Radio Show, and I got another interview being brought via Zoom. I have Raven Ray, who is, uh, first of all, he does a lot of things. She's a singer, songwriter, performer, business person, author, and I also see on your Instagram, uh, you, know, you have Professional Butterfly. What is Professional Butterfly? <laughs> well, hello, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and yes, um, I do like to call myself a professional butterfly. It just kind of comes from my story. Um, mm. I love to to share my story and how I went from it being in the egg to being a beautiful butterfly, and all mm. that means through my mental health journey and my um illnesses and just different things that I've been through in life so yeah I, I just love to say I'm a professional butterfly and it resonates <laughs> I like that it's, you know it's, it's something different that you know I'm not uh, accustomed to seeing so mm -hmm. I imagine is uh, like a lot of other people who are creatives and artists you started at a young age um, when did you know that you wanted to do this as a profession yeah, um, as a profession, I would maybe say I was eight or nine. Um, mm -hmm. A lady came to my grandmother's church and she was a very well-known gospel singer who had done things with BET and different mm -hmm. things in the industry. And um, she came and she heard me sing for one of our Christmas programs and she kind of took me under her wing. And mm -hmm. I kind of got to watch her perform and like do what she was doing and I was like I want to do that that's what I want to do um and I had always had this gift but she was really the one who nurtured it um mm -hmm. so, yeah that that's kind of where that started okay looking at the website so I know I was going through one first of all I love the voice thank you and I love the fact that, um, so I've been speaking with artists since 2005 in a professional mm -hmm. manner. So it's, it's almost 20 years, two more years. Wow. But, Congratulations. Yeah, I'm just, you know, the, the sit there and think about it like that, I'm like, that's, that's, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, and I deal with a lot of primary independent artists. Mm -hmm. And the thing I like about yourself is that when I was listening to videos, going through your music, first it sounds good and you're fabulous, but also your videos, like, you know, they're, just, they're not the same typical video where, you know, you're just doing this and doing that. You can tell there's a thought process behind them and what you put into it. Um, and then the fact that you perform with a band as well. Yes, yes. Thank you. I so, appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so what made you want to like you know take it to that level because i'm like it could be easy for you to like perform over tracks and stuff but mm -hmm. like performing with a band and taking it as serious as you do what what was that switch for you yeah so i've always loved live music and that's where my training comes from it comes from everything live singing live um mm -hmm. i 
I was trained in an uh, art school. So that was all we did was live performance. Um, so you got to actually, um, during different festivals that they would have, I actually got to perform my music and write with a band and use live musicians. So I've always had that piece for me. Um, and then when I became an adult, it was just like a no brainer to use a live, to, to use live music. It's, it's just the best thing that there is, I think. That's what's up. So as a creative and an artist and songwriter, what do you enjoy the most? Do you enjoy the creating the song, recording it, the songwriting process, or They said an early bird gon' get the worm Feel like I'm stuck in line, waiting my turn All of the L's I took, are lessons I learned Success, it gotta be earned uh, Tell me why they sleeping on me Definitely performing, I would say, because um, that's kind of the end stage almost where like everything just comes together, like your whole vision comes together. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still learning how to fall in love with the studio because I love mm -hmm. singing live so much. Like that's just like my whole heart because you mm -hmm. can just do things differently live that you can't do um in a studio i mean you you know you can do certain creative things in the studio but nothing beats like that live energy of like hearing the crowd and mm -hmm. also getting the feed off of the energy of the musicians and you mm -hmm. also get to ad lib more and just like play so mm -hmm. yeah i love it um as far as your performance the geographical locations like where all have you performed as far as like being different yeah. places yeah so um I've done work in Chicago I've done work at notable venues in my city I'm from Cleveland so I've done mm -hmm. like Rock Hall and um Severance Hall those like really notable venues here um mm -hmm. and then I've also performed at the Apollo Theater I was doing um amateur night I mean that whole competition mm -hmm last year so mm -hmm. that was that was an experience that I loved having um so yeah and I'm excited for where the future goes and different places that I get to spread my music so as far as your music being spread you know I know you got a couple of projects to sell at least out on you know, um DSPs and stuff different service providers yeah um where how, how far has your music gotten to the, uh, the public that you've been able to see. Yeah, so I've I've seen that people are streaming overseas um in the UK and um where else have I seen? The UK, France I believe was one and then I think I saw Brazil. I saw Brazil, but yeah, just a couple just a couple of places so far mm -hmm. overseas where I'm really grateful that it's getting into people's hands and ears and minds. Mm -hmm. So, how is the support in Cleveland for you? Uh, is the community receptive to you? 
Yeah, yeah. I love my city. I love I love performing here. People are really, really um, supportive and are always willing to like come out to a show and listen to what I have going on. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I get a lot of support as well uh, from the theater community because I also do musical theater. So um, that's that's a place where I get a lot of love and um, in my city from Caramu House. That's the oldest black theater in the United mm -hmm. States that I perform at from time to time. Um, so yeah, I just I just I love my city. I love Cleveland. What's up? Um, okay, so during the winter time and stuff, like what what is your artist perform? Y'all all your venues like inside or something, or does it slow down any? Do people like really come out in the snow and go see people? I'm in, I'm in Georgia, so you know. Oh, I'm jealous. So y'all have that good weather. <laughs> um, y'all have that good weather all season long, but or well all year long. But um, yeah, people come out. People come out in the winter. I don't do as many winter shows like since the mm -hmm. pandemic. I don't know. I just I haven't really gotten out again mm -hmm. um, in the winter. I'm, I'm primarily like summer right now. But mm -hmm. yeah, people, people go out um, in the winter here. Jazz is really popular mm -hmm. um, in the winter in Cleveland, I would say. And that's mm -hmm. a genre that I do heavy. So before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of jazz clubs and uh, smaller mm -hmm. venues during the mm -hmm. winter time. So. so imagine you're an independent artist and you manage a lot of stuff yourself and do a lot of things yourself, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So as an artist, how do you balance them? So if you slow down a little bit as far as performances during the winter, what do you do to make up for that time? That way you can keep yourself moving and keep elevating your career. Yeah, I think not stopping writing is like really important for me. Like I, I'm always writing, I'm always um, creating, no matter what season it is, no matter what time of day it is, like I'm always, my brain is always on. So um, I, I'm working on, and it's the winter time now, and I'm working on about, I have about four different albums that I'm working on, four different projects. Just, to get all of this music out of me um, mm. next year and in 2025. So I like to just plan and, and that's that's what I would say. It's just, it's just nonstop. <laughs> uh, have you ever experienced a writer's block? Oh Some yeah. Some type of creative block? What, what did you do to get yourself out of it? Oh my goodness. Um, I, I like to meditate um, yeah. morning through the night. So, I believe that if something isn't coming to me, it's because it hasn't been downloaded yet and I'm not supposed to receive it yet. So I kind of just like take space from it and just say, all right, well, when it comes to me, it'll come to me. Um, mm -hmm. And even if I forget something, if I haven't, um, if I forget to write something down, I'm like, okay, it's going to come back to me eventually. It might not be mm -hmm. today, but it'll come back to me. And then it always does um, in some form. I get reminded mm -hmm. of it and then I'll remember. Um, so, so yeah, I like to just even set intentions before I write to just say like, all right, my intention today is to um, write this type of song or that type mm -hmm. of song or this vibe or whatever and just roll with it okay mm -hmm. so going through the uh industry and stuff you know is as you put yourself out there you're professional to me especially the way that you do the things that you do uh what are some of the you know pitfalls that you've had to overcome or the hurdles that you've had to come with being independent artist? 
Yeah, I would say um, learning how to promote myself in an effective way, um, because we can get kind of caught up with um, doing what we what looks right is different from doing what you should be doing or what works, I guess. Um, so just making sure I'm not kind of like following any bandwagons of things that might work for other people is just because it worked for them doesn't mean it'll work for me. So just finding what works for me and doing those things to stay focused um, has been like really important and had a bigger impact than just throwing Mm -hmm. stuff at a wall and hoping it'll stick. So what was something that you did that like worked for you? Um, I would say, um, hmm, what's been the biggest thing? Probably I'm learning now as podcasts, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's been fun. Like I'm enjoying myself, actually. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like pulling teeth the way that like posting on social media might. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just feels natural to just have conversations with people who just, mm-hmm. you know, they they want to have a conversation as much as you do. So that's been really fun, I would say. Yeah, I, I definitely have been uh, podcasting since 2016. Oh, cool. And yeah, so I've been able to build up a nice following. And, you know, it's just more than podcasts, though, because I have other stuff that I do. Production, content creation, marketing, all that stuff, whatever. But I will say that, you know, doing that, because like you said, there the conversation is already there. You just have to have it. Um, and that's what it's for. As long as you're going on the right platform and stuff. Now, of course, you know, you can get lost in the salsa of, you know, everyone's platform is not for you and you're not for everyone's platform. That's very true. Because you get some people out here just, you know, making a name off of sensationalizing stuff, you know, being all negative and all that things or whatever. It's not the fit or whatever. So I definitely say, you know, make sure the ones that you do, they fit your brand and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, so what's some things that you learned about the industry that you necessarily didn't know that was there until you started like you know, doing it? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest one is that um, you're the, how do I phrase this? Um, it's not to say that like your family and friends don't support you, mm-hmm. but those are not your fans. That mm-hmm. is not your audience. So mm-hmm the people that you went to school with are not your audience. So kind of the thing that I've learned is to find my audience, find my people, who are the people who support me and who really care about what I'm doing, um, Mm -hmm. who will listen, not because they're related to me or because they already know me, but because they really care about like what I have to say. Mm So which song of yours has had the biggest impacts thus far? Yeah. Um, I was, it's a battle between euphoria and self-care. Mm-hmm. And for different reasons. Euphoria is like, um, I described it as um, orange juice. Like it's like the morning vibe, the good mm-hmm. vibes, the waking up and sunshine. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, y'all have that Georgia good weather all year long. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's like that sunshine vibe. And then mm-hmm. self-care is more of that like toned down, like take care of yourself, personifying um, self-care and just like looking yourself in the mirror to let yourself know that you need to like really 
take care of you first. So it's a battle. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, so have you had any um, instances in the from a professional standpoint in the industry where, you know, people are trying to take advantage of your, uh, you know, uh, business acumen or anything like that? Um, I thankfully have not encountered anything like that yet. Um, it is a bit different being an independent artist because you are in control. So um, it's it's just a little bit different where you kind of, you know, you're running the show and you're making the rules yourself. Um, and then because I'm already in that business mindset, it's kind of just like, well, I have to just, you know, take control of what's going to work for me. Like, like I just mentioned, like, you know, just learning what works for me. So luckily I haven't encountered that though. Um, how do you like music videos? As far I as love, like, you know, doing yeah, I love them. I love them. I, I'm a creative, so I, my second album, Metamorphosis, I have a visual album version where every song has a music video. So, mm -hmm. and I, I shot, um, produced, mm -hmm. um, I did everything myself during the pandemic. So I'm, I'm behind the camera and in front of the camera, however that works. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I edited it myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I love music videos though. I was that, I grew up with, you know, in that MTV era. So mm -hmm. I think they're important for storytelling and branding and different things mm -hmm. like that. I love a good music video. That's what's up. I love it. Um, so then how do you balance, you know, between what you want to do creatively and what you know you have to do um, for your career? Mm, I think um, it kind of comes down to, for me, where I see myself, um, I guess you could call it a five-year plan or a 10-year plan or whatever, but I guess mm -hmm. it kind of just comes down to doing things that um, are going to get me there. So I kind of just try to filter out, okay, is this going to get me my EGOT? And if it's not mm -hmm. going to get me my EGOT, I don't care. <laughs> so I'm kind of in that mindset of just like, if it's not going to get me where I want to be in, in 10 years, then I'm not going to do it. So. Definitely get that. Uh, your name. How did you come up with the name? Mm, well, my name is Raven, and then uh, people call me Ray. So mm. Raven Ray. <laughs> That's how that came about. Um, and then I like to joke that Raven Ray and Raven Ray are three different people. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It depends on what day it is and who, uh, you, who you're getting. <laughs> Um, if you could change one thing about the industry and you had the power to, what would you change? Mm, I would go back to that mystery being a requirement. Like, I don't want mm -hmm. to know everything about these people's lives, like, in, in that way. I mm -hmm. think the mystique and the mystery that, like, worked in the 90s was really, mm -hmm. like, powerful and I kind of wish we we could get back to that in some degree however mm -hmm. I know it's probably never going to happen because of reality tv and mm -hmm. different things like that but that yeah. mystery was something else yeah no yeah, I definitely understand that and I agree with that mm -hmm. um so you see how the industry is social media all that stuff how people put on platforms and things of that nature uh where do you see like you know music industry going in the next you know 10 years or so mm. 
I hope it, it gets to a place of positivity in some way, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I, I really hope that in black and brown communities, we can kind of mm -hmm. look at the content we're putting out and mm -hmm. kind of saying, like, is this conducive and positive for our community? Like, because it doesn't it. I don't think it should be because we care about what other people think about us so much, but what we mm -hmm. think about ourselves and the pride mm -hmm. that we have for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So kind of just hoping that we maybe make a full, a full circle or some type of pride comes back into us as a society of mm -hmm. what we're really putting out and, and the stuff that like we're putting on our screens for people to consume. Yeah, understand that. Um, when it comes to your image, right? The branding, the look, all that stuff. Um, I can tell by like going through some of your videos and stuff, you like to for the talent to sell instead of like, you know, first thing people see is like sex appeal and all that. Is that done by choice? Is that part of like an extension of who you are? Yeah, I think it's definitely done by choice. Um Tori Kelly, who's one of my favorite singers, she has a line in one of her songs that says, God made me sexy and I don't care if only I know. And I mm -hmm. love that line because it's kind of mm -hmm. just like, you know, it is it's just true. And I kind of feel like, um, you know, if that's your brand and that's what resonates with you, then you should do it. But if it makes you personally uncomfortable um, to like sell yourself in a certain way, then I just kind of don't feel like it's worth it to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but also if it doesn't, like you said, contribute to your brand and your music, then it's kind of just like, well, where, what are you doing it for anyway? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, how are you treated by like, you know, because the music industry, there's a lot of male dominance in it, right? Photographers, videographers, directors, producers, things of that nature. Um, are you treated with like you know a level of respect, respect as a woman, um, and an artist just coming into the situation, or do you have to like sometimes like you need to be stern with folks and be like, hey, look, no, I don't want that look, or I'm not going for that. This is what I envision. Respect me as the creative that I am, what I bring to the table. Yeah, I think um, for me, I kind of have to um, float on the line of just like being very intentional about how I choose to take up space and how I want things to be perceived um, because I'm not an angry person. I'm not a combative person. I'm not um, going to ever let anybody take me out of my character. Even when I was working in customer service, it's like, I don't care that the Black Friday line is out the door and you're yelling at me to use a coupon. I'm not going to yell back at you. It's a coupon. It's not that <laughs> so I kind of just approach everything with empathy and it's kind of just like well I understand you want to be in control but at the end of the day if my name is on it then it has to be from my brain in some type of way like it has to come from my heart and it has to um, look the way that I want it to look. And you know, like mm -hmm. I'm a perfectionist, I'm also a creative, I'm a Virgo, 
you can take that as you will. <laughs> but we're known for being very, very about our our art and very mm. you know, locked in in that way. And it's just like I just have to be, you know, in that space. So I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what musical goals that you to accomplish with this writing? You know, certain songs for people that that's what you want to go down on features um definitely a egot and other than that i definitely want to um work one day with dark child with rodney jerkins um okay. david foster those are like my top mm -hmm. two like that i would really want to work with and those are two totally mm -hmm. different like directions you kind of think beyonce and whitney houston mm -hmm. um so those are like two people that i would love to work with before they leave this earth before i leave this earth um and then back to the egot like mm -hmm. that's that's definitely a goal of mine as well mm -hmm. so the, so the grammy is basically basically music the emmy isn't it more performance accolade that's um, that's a television, television. and then so okay. an Oscar, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Oscar, but you can win an Oscar music as well. Because uh, recently mm -hmm. one win, so that was hilarious. They actually <laughs> took they took their Oscar on tour and everything in strip club, yeah. which is hilarious. And then what a, a Tony? Uh, what, is, what is that? That's uh, well, theater Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Very ambitious, ma'am. There's a lot of different categories you got to be able to yes. dominate to be able to oh, win that particular totally. year. Totally. Um, <laughs> so, and not all at yeah. once either, just yeah. like my career is something mm -hmm. I definitely see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, what steps are you making to, like, you know, get to achieve those goals? And what are you doing to put yourself in place for that? Yeah, so I would say um I'm I'm like I said, never stopping the writing is definitely constant and just getting my name out there, seeking opportunities that will get me into those rooms. Mm -hmm. Um it's definitely on my list for 2024 and beyond. Um just just like really starting on that path in a more diligent way outside of being an independent artist. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, just like really looking for those those opportunities next year and beyond. Would you uh if presented with the opportunity, would you sign a major label contract or mm, that's an interesting question. Um I've thought about that before. Um I I would, I would, I would. If it was the right deal, the right time, mm -hmm. um, the right circumstances and it made sense, then I would, yeah. Okay, so um because I talk to a lot of artists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I like to know, like, you know, the business side that they know. So have you been educating yourself about the industry from a business standpoint? Oh, yeah. Yes. I know all about that. Uh, I know all about how things can go. Let's say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm also into a lot of conspiracy theories. And I think that mm -hmm. those are interesting, too. So mm -hmm. um, I know a lot about that. <laughs> that mm -hmm. side of it 
But I think overall, it kind of just comes down to, like you said, educating yourself, knowing how to read a contract, knowing mm -hmm. what different language means and law terms and different things. And then also reaching out if you need help. Like mm -hmm. if you don't know what something means, like you have to kind of get somebody else to go over it and read it with you mm -hmm. so that you understand. Um, so yeah, definitely have been educating myself to learn more about the business and uh, mm -hmm. different things like that. And also kind of, um, as an independent artist, learning that, you know, there's other ways to make money other than streaming and touring mm -hmm. and different things like that. So it's okay, definitely, so yeah. name two other ways to make money that artists don't typically think about as independent yeah, so one is definitely sync licensing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one, I would say, I mean, people know about brand deals already. So mm -hmm. that's that's kind of, you know, kind of creating your own brand mm -hmm. or signing to somebody else's brand. Mm -hmm. paid um, that and everything. So have you successfully landed sync licensing deals? I have not yet, but I'm excited for next year. I'm really excited, so... Oh, well, the great thing is I have someone that I interviewed um, not too long ago where she actually has placed 200 songs. Mm, that's inspiring. Yeah. yeah, so I can uh, I can link y'all together. Oh, and, sure. I would love that. That's inspiring yeah. just to hear yeah. about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she also guarantees it work, too. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so I think that was a pretty dope of her to be able to do that. I haven't even put that interview out yet, but it will be. Without it, it'll come out a little bit before you. Okay, so what uh, what don't you like about the business side of the music industry? Mm, I think I would say the greed and the shade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really what I would say is um, it is a it's a business. It's a business, mm -hmm. and that's something that I've learned. You know, it's it sounds like it's obvious, like it's called the music business. It sounds mm -hmm. obvious, but it's really not when you're a creative and you grow up seeing people um, like we grow up seeing Beyonce and Usher and Whitney and Michael and all of these mm -hmm. names of people. But we don't really understand the business behind what got them to where they are. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of just like. Um, I would say within the industry, if you look at those specific figures, like, you know, mm -hmm. different, it took different levels of things for the people behind them to get them where they, you know, eventually blew up to be. Um, but going back to what I first said about the greed, I would say that's like the biggest thing is like, I don't know, it sometimes they can kind of make it seem like there's not enough for everyone or that, mm -hmm. you know, the table isn't big enough for everyone to sit at it. And there's mm -hmm. only like one seat at the table. So sometimes it can kind of appear that way, mm -hmm. depending on what label you're looking at. So when you decided to start putting yourself out there like an artist, um, you had your network of people that knew this. Um, what was your reaction to that? Were they cheering you on? Or like, I don't want to do that or whatever? Because we've been getting like a lot of different mixed results as far as their um, experiences. Yeah, it was it was actually interesting. Um, it was a mixture of both, and it was kind of only a mixture of both, I think, because I started out singing in the church. 
and then I kind of transferred to secular music mm -hmm. so it was kind of like for a while um when I was a teenager actually it was kind of like I don't see why she's doing secular music like why can't mm -hmm. she why can't she just do gospel? Why does she have to? <laughs> it was a lot of that energy. So that was interesting. But then eventually, I think people kind of just learned like, oh, it's Raven. She's going to do her own thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I've always been that way. I've always been very open about the fact that like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do what inspires me, whatever mm -hmm. that looks like. I'm going to do that. So. Okay. So uh, like I said earlier, you put out a couple projects. Um, can you give us like, you know, a summary of like, what does it really take financially to put out a project like that on independent labeling to like, you know, start to build momentum? Because I think um, these type of things aren't discussed like they should be. Mm -hmm. And that aspiring artists, um, important artists don't necessarily have a game uh, plan in place to be able yeah. to do such things. Yeah. I think I would um, definitely say that starting out is very important to do your research because you can throw a lot of money at something when you don't know what you're doing. But if you do more of your research, you might be able you might find that you're able to do things yourself. Um, my first three albums that I have out are all self-produced. I mixed and mastered them all, whether they sound how I wanted them to um, is another story, but I learned how to do that. So now moving forward um, for my fourth, fifth, sixth album, I know that I'll be able to do it in, in a in a better way like it'll only improve from there and we all have to start somewhere um but when I first started putting out my music I was 19 I didn't have ten thousand dollars to go to a studio and you mm -hmm. know spend that on a project so I made that in my closet I made mm -hmm. those songs in my closet in my bedroom and I recorded them with um a foam mattress panel mm -hmm. for my treatment and mm -hmm. I was singing I was singing into my iPhone like that's how I recorded mm -hmm. my first album um and and I then learned how to edit it so it could sound like something and then mm -hmm. my second album it got stronger I edited that I did that one in my bedroom too but I was able to upgrade my mic and I was mm -hmm. able to learn a little bit more about mixing and mastering mm -hmm. and sampling and doing different things like that so it was all research though you know you kind of find how to do how to you find ways to do um things effectively when you don't have a budget and it's kind of just comes down to well do you want to put the music out or do you want to wait 10 years until you have the money to do mm -hmm. it so yeah, I definitely get that <laughs> so how many albums do you think you know what I'm saying you probably recorded over the course of your career over the course of my career mm -hmm. um I I don't know. And that's what's it kind of excites me actually because I kind of want to see how much I can do that is different. Like I'm I've never put myself in a box um genre-wise. So mm -hmm. I'm very interested in exploring music however it comes to me. I want to put out a country album, I want to put out a classical album, I want to put out um a rock album like I want to do 
everything and and I don't I don't care like you know how how it's perceived I just want to musically put out everything okay I definitely get that yeah um and I and I understand it because you know your creativity has no limitations it's just that you know yeah from a business standpoint they have to put stuff in boxes or whatever because then mm. people wouldn't be able to find things if it wasn't like categorized so mm -hmm. I get it Um, do you think music is like a stepping stone for, you know, other bigger things for you as well? Or do you think you'll stay in the vein of music, acting? Um, I think music is the centerpiece of everything I do. So I'm also a business owner and I integrate my music into that. Um, I'm also like like we discussed, I'm an author. I integrated my music into that. So it's it's kind of just like the corner. I mean, the um, the middle of everything that I do. Um, but I I'm also very heavy into entrepreneurship. So it, it, it'll kind of just kind of take a place where it's like I'm performing in my restaurants and my mm -hmm. playing in my restaurants is it'll just mm -hmm. live and breathe in that kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. But it'll always be there no matter what I'm doing. So okay, what inspired you to create the book and put it out? Yeah, so I got inspired from my second album, Metamorphosis, mm -hmm. and the book is called Butterfly Language. So it tells like my uh, caterpillar to butterfly transformation story. So I start out talking about how, you know, the butterfly's life cycle starts in the egg and then you mm -hmm. eventually get to be this caterpillar, the uh, butterfly. So I just take the reader through that whole like journey. Um, and mm -hmm. then I integrate my music. I integrate my poetry lessons and activities that people can do. Um, and then the book is also interactive, so the reader can scan a QR code that takes them to the song, and so they can listen while they're reading. And you just uh, released that recently, right? Back in yeah. uh, October. Yeah. Uh, did you have any expectations for the book? Or... Mm, um, ex my expectations for the book, honestly, were just to... Um, for people to feel inspired. That's really the only takeaway that I'm hoping people get other mm -hmm. than like pouring into themselves mm -hmm. is just to feel inspired by my story and my music and um, everything that the book like has to offer. Yeah, during the process of the book, what was like the hardest process of putting the book together right now or just the process of the book period? What was the hardest or most challenging thing to you? I would say finishing. Um, I have been writing it since 2018. Mm -hmm. And it was like a for a while, it was just like this combination of all of my journals and um, my journal entries and my lyrics and different things like that. So it was like, how do I make this cohesive into something that makes sense that people can actually like do activities with and learn and grow from not just like read it but experience it so the hardest part was just like finishing and I remember it was um it was like September actually a little bit after my birthday and I had well no before my birthday um and I just wanted the book to be out as a birthday gift to myself. And mm -hmm. I could, and I just couldn't get there because it was missing something. And I, and I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I'm not going to put this book out without figuring out what's missing. So I'm not going to mm -hmm. rush it. 
And so I felt really defeated because I was like, I wanted this to be out on my 25th birthday and it mm -hmm. didn't happen. So I'm just going to try again next month. And then I had a like a epiphany. I don't even remember what the epiphany was, but it was like a chapter that needed to be in there. Oh, I do remember. It was mm -hmm. something that needed to be at the beginning of the book that told my mother's story mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of how that whole thing happened in relation to the the egg. So I was like, this is what needs to be in there. And I had an epiphany and then I was able to finish and put it out in October. So that was like really, really difficult though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I love it though. You're going through these different processes. You're a business person as well. So you're getting, a, you're like a hybrid person. Because um, <laughs> I don't uh, get to meet a whole lot of artists who are business savvy as well and business focused and like can mm -hmm. switch heads between the two. I either meet the ones that are mm -hmm. like extremely creative, but just they just poor at business. They just don't get it. It's like a foreign concept to them. Mm -hmm. um, or I'll meet some people who are business heavy or whatever, trying to do music or whatever, but don't just have the talent. So to have someone who can do both and doing well, you know, that's the same lot. Um, so for uh, people out there, tune in and things of that nature, want them to support. Where do they need to go to support? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Raven Ray Official. I'm on Facebook at Raven Ray. I'm on YouTube as Raven Ray Sings. And then my music is on all platforms where you get music at Raven Ray. Raven, I appreciate your time. I know you're doing your thing. And I uh, definitely want to bring you back, you know what I'm saying, in the future, see how well you've been able to progress and what new things you have accomplished. Mm, yes, well, I will be more than happy to be back. And I thank you so much for having me. I, it was so much fun.